Hi, my name is Danielle and you're listening to Crime and Mystery Canada. On this podcast, we discuss subjects that might be creepy to some and sometimes even frightening. Some of our episodes will deal with serious subject matter, while others will be more lighthearted. Please keep in mind that I am not an expert on any of the topics I cover, just an interested party, and as always, listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone and welcome back. I'm Danielle. And I'm Michelle. And you're listening to Crime and Mystery Canada. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing ghost stories from the Maritime Provinces. I'm going to start with a legend from my current home province of Nova Scotia. We're going to discuss the ghost of Peggy's Cove, sometimes referred to as the woman in blue. So you've been to Peggy's Cove several times. Yes. Have you ever seen a ghost or felt a ghostly presence? I haven't, although the place in itself is kind of haunting just because of the ocean and the water and everything. But in my defense, I was there with a very young child who I was super concerned about her flying into the water, so I wasn't really looking around that much. Yeah, so I've mentioned this before um, on a few of our episodes. I've never had a ghostly encounter, and I'm not a non-believer but I'm very much of I'm going to have to see something before I can say either way like I I'm a skeptic I guess so I'm not saying they don't exist but until I have my own encounter I'm also not going to say that they do exist well on the opposite I'm like a full-out believer and although I've had like a few super minor things happen before I'm just completely I completely believe that there's all kinds of things happening whether we see them or not I like these stories. I really enjoy them. I get scared really easily. If, if I would go to one of these areas we're going to talk about at night, I'd probably be terrified, but I, I've just never had the encounters myself. Okay, well, I get that. If you haven't seen Peggy's Cove, I strongly suggest that you add it to your bucket list for when the world reopens. It's a really beautiful spot. It really gives you the chance to see firsthand the true power of Mother Nature. So it's on the coast, there's some giant rocks, and the waves come in like nothing you've ever seen before. It took up to like, I think, four years ago before I've ever been there for the first time. And it was like, I couldn't believe it took so long for me to go see it. It was pretty amazing. Right. A lot of tragedies have actually happened in the area of Peggy's Cove. So I'm not really surprised that there are some ghostly sightings there. Even just in our lifetimes, there's been many tourists that have been pulled into the sea by a wave. And what happens if you visit, and even if you look at pictures, you can see it, there are some rocks that are very black, which means that the water does hit them, and people are not supposed to stand on those rocks. There's signs everywhere telling you to stay off those rocks, because even if the water might look calm, a rogue wave can come, and it happens I'm not going to say every year, but every couple years that someone gets pulled into the water. Sometimes they get saved, but many have drowned as well. I don't even know how you would save somebody in that area because because of all those rocks. And I've sat there for like an hour straight watching the water. And when you watch it, you see the water, it sinks down super low. Mm-hmm. And then the wave comes up. It's unbelievable, honestly. But like, I don't know how you get somebody out of there. I'm not sure either. I think they probably have rescue teams that are trained for that. But unless the person was actually able to stay above water until they um, they were saved, I don't see 
either how else that would happen, maybe like a human chain. But again, like if you go close to the edge, you risk being swept into sea as well. And it's happened to many people. And there's also been another huge tragedy, which happened in 1998. There was a crash, a plane crash off the coast of Peggy's Cove. A Swiss Air flight crash due to a fire that was caused by an electrical issue. And 229 people lost their lives. Yeah, I think they have a monument there now. They do. And I've actually spoken to someone about the day that happened because he actually lived, he actually still lives in Peggy's Cove. And all the fishermen were the first kind of on site trying to find survivors, um, which there were none. But hearing him talk about it, I can't even imagine the destruction and tragedy that that event was. And it was very difficult on the community. It's still something that's very fresh in their minds. So for today's legend, though, we're going to go back to the 1800s. Because the story is so far back, there's a few different versions of it. According to discoverhalifaxnovascotia.com, there's actually two potential stories explaining how Peggy's Cove got its name. The first is really simple. It's in St. Margaret's Bay, and a nickname for Margaret is Peggy, so Peggy's Cove. And the second one is a little bit more romantic. So the name Peggy's Cove would have originated from a book that was written and talked about a shipwreck in the area. The only survivor of the shipwreck was a woman named Margaret, and the cove was named after her. Now... This is an aside, and if you're not interested in details that have nothing to do with the story, you can just skip ahead about 30 seconds here. But for some reason, when I was reading that, it struck me as to, why is Peggy a nickname for Margaret? I was just thinking that. I actually looked it up, and it explains so much. Because apparently there was a tradition of rhyming nicknames so a lot of people had the same name back in the day right so in like culturally smaller communities the names were repeated often what they would do is give people rhyming nicknames so margaret was maggie or meggie and meggie became peggy oh so that's why you've got william would be will or bill and Richard would be Rick or Dick, that's where you get those nicknames. It's because they would just like, because you couldn't give the seven Margarets the same name, they would actually just give them rhyming nicknames. Right. Okay, well, that makes sense. Now we're going to talk about the ghost of Peggy's Cove. The legend goes that the famous Peggy, for whom the cove was named, ended up marrying a local man. So in some tellings of the story... Peggy's boat gets into a shipwreck and she's just a young girl and she gets rescued by a local couple who bring her up. In other tellings of the story, she was a grown woman with children on the boat and the children died and she was the only survivor. And then according to cottagelife.com, Peggy ended up marrying a local man. One day she was wandering along the rocks near the shore and she was feeling sad In an attempt to cheer her up, her husband decided to dance a jig on some nearby rocks and ended up falling to his death. Peggy, who was inconsolable, died by suicide. A lot of people say that they see her ghost, she's dressed in blue, and she's often said to be seen wandering the rocks of Peggy's Cove, looking ready to jump in. 
And when people rush over to help her, she's gone. She vanishes. So that's generally how she's been sighted, on the rocks looking like she was ready to take her life. Wow. So you have a ghost story as well from a place you've stayed before, right? Yeah, I've actually stayed there quite a few times, probably 10 times in total. It's a favorite spot of mine, and it super doesn't hurt that it's got some paranormal stuff happening since I love it so much. So it's the Algonquin in St. Andrews. Right. So just a few details. It's an older spot, and it's more of a luxury hotel, and it started off that way, and it was built in 1889. And it had famous guests such as Prince Charles and Princess Diana. And through the years, people would go there for different reasons, for golf and weddings and all kinds of different things. It's a really nice spot. Yeah, and St. Andrews is that like seaside sort of quaint little spot, right? Yeah, and when you look at the old pictures, they're doing like, I think it's lawn bowling or croquet. You see pictures of that and all these people like just laying out in the sun, like almost like it's a Mexican resort or something, but it's really not. It's not that warm down there. Ever. Right. Yeah. Cause it's coastal. Yeah. I mean, it's always, just, it's just really windy. So it's, it's cooler, but it's such a pretty spot and it's quaint little shops and bars and restaurants kind of thing. So, right, so it was built in 1889, and in 1913, they opened a casino, ballroom, bowling alley, billiards room, and it's like a separate building that's kind of away from the hotel. So, if you're coming out of the side of the hotel and you're relaxing in all the big chairs and there's like a a giant deck, you can see this area. And I'm just kind of mentioning it because of something for later. And so in 1914, they got this really big, bad fire that burnt most of the hotel's wooden structure. So what the only thing that was left was what they called the painter's wing and the kitchen and the tower, which is kind of a famous part of the hotel, just as like a standout part. So it's just kind of some side information here, but it's been named one of New Brunswick's most haunted locations. Right. Yeah. So I'll start with what my favorite spot for the haunting, because I've actually stayed in this specific room a few times, hoping to see something or hear something. Is it still a very swanky hotel or is it sort of mid-range? I feel like the the new side of the hotel, because they did build another wing, I didn't see much of it, but it feels more regular Like, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily swanky, but I always stay in the old section and there's smaller rooms, but it it is, it is kind of fancy. Um, It's got that old charm and it's really well maintained, but they redid the bathrooms and it's super pretty, like walk-in showers and all of the the big areas, like where you get the buffet and the, the old bar that they have, it's, it's, it is still pretty fancy. Okay. Yeah. Right, so going back, room 473, which is actually a suite, it's one of the rooms where they have the most sightings, and it's the room where they would say that there's this ghostly bride. Okay. So this bride gets left at the altar, and people report that they see her either floating above the bed in her white dress, or certain people say that they can hear crying 
in there. They also say that things get moved. Like you'll be looking for something that you know you just put it on the dresser or whatever and it's gone. And then you can't find it anywhere. But then 20 minutes later, it's just back where you put it. That kind of thing. Certain people also said that they saw her in the tower in some of the windows just kind of roaming around. Yeah. Like I said, I stayed in that room before and I didn't honestly experience too much. I think I did hear something one night that it was there, but I think it was from one of the other sightings that they keep reporting and not anything to do with the bride. Some of the other stuff that people report seeing there is what they call the bellhop or sometimes referred to like as an older employee that works there. What happens is people will go up to their room or they're in the hall or something and they get helped out by somebody that works there. They'll help show them where the room is or give advice or talk about St. Andrews in general. And then when they try to tip him, he's gone. There's nothing. And then they'll go to the front desk to see if they can leave money for him and the employee doesn't exist. And they're just like, oh, that's just what happens up there. It's just, it's just a ghost. And that said, people say that they hear people walking around in the halls and then they look and there's nothing and they hear keys and that kind of thing. And I think I did hear keys uh one of the one of the occasions that I stayed there like there was definitely something going on right outside the door and it's like really weird timing at like three four o'clock in the morning but for me that's honestly the only thing that I ever encountered there okay so some of the other things that people report um there's a maid or what people call an older staff lady that has been seen moving table settings around and setting tables or taking plates away from tables. Mm -hmm. Some of it has been in the ballroom, but they say that that's where they also see the older lady. The only place that was mentioned that it was more like of an unfriendly or malevolent feeling or spirit is in that bowling alley casino ballroom building. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've heard like, like kind of like creepy laughing and moving around of things. But that's about it. Nobody's really said too much like for too many negative things happening to them. I, I feel like I would not sleep very well like just because I knew I was in a place that had paranormal phenomenon going on. Yeah, I do remember that one of the times that I went down there, we actually paid a hotel staff member who brought us like what I think is now a ghost tour. It wasn't actually a ghost tour at the time. And he brought us everywhere in that hotel, like the rafters and all these different rooms and explained everything. He's who told us about the ballroom and the laughing. Okay. And actually, before I forget, also mentioned that a lot of people mention hearing some children playing and laughing all over the hotel, which is, I think for a lot of people, the creepiest thing to hear. Yeah, I feel like it would be. So if anyone's looking for a staycation in New Brunswick and likes paranormal stuff, the Algonquin's the place to go. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it no matter what, because it's really a nice spot. Even if you don't end up seeing anything, it's really quaint and it's got a nice feel to it. And it's, Um, The Algonquin is so ancient, but so pretty. It's just, it's a really nice spot to go for a couple days. Check it out. 
Yeah. Um, actually, the next one we're going to talk about is also in New Brunswick. And it's in a place called Woolastock. According to fairies.com, Woolastock is a green space in St. John, New Brunswick. So basically like a, an outdoor park. There's actually a 12-hour race that takes place in that park if anyone is interested in participating. I feel like I'm starting to sound like tourism maritimes right now, but I guess we're all kind of staying close to home, so might as well mention what's going on. So if you're a runner and you want to try a 12-hour race, Woolastock is the place to be, and you might actually have a ghostly encounter. Before the green space was there, that park was actually the home of what was called back then, and I'm sorry about the term, but that's what it was called, the Provincial Lunatic Asylum. So this would have been back about 150 years ago. I actually looked it up because at first I was like, is this part of a legend? But it's actually true. Um, There wasn't an asylum there. Over the years, hundreds of patients went through the facility. Now, I did start looking it up in a bit more detail. I don't know how much information I'll find, but I actually think it might be interesting to make a whole episode about something along those lines. So I kind of stopped it and tabled that for a later date. But I'm sure there's a lot that happened on those grounds. The hospital is now closed. It's non-existent like there's no building there anymore but a lot of people say that strange things happen in the park there's been reports of electronics malfunctioning people report seeing a mysterious mist floating around like on a nice day and just like not able to explain why that mist would be there and many have been overcome with feelings of dread that they really couldn't explain but more than that there's been a lot of reports of shadowy figures wandering around and disappearing. So a lot of people say it's, you know, former patients or former staff that are still haunting the grounds. I also saw comments about hearing babies crying or children laughing, but I'm not sure that place housed children or babies, so I'm not sure if that's related. I personally have never been to this park. I'm not even sure exactly where it is in St. John, but again, if you've been there or going there and have an encounter, let us know about it. And lastly, I'm just very shortly going to cover one last one, which is Annie Beaton's Hollow in PEI. This is another one that I almost feel could be a whole episode. We're going to just cover basically the ghost part of it. Annie Beaton is a woman who lived in Prince Edward Island and in 1859 she had gone to visit a friend and she ended up leaving her friend's house a little bit later than expected. And people kept telling her to not to not walk home alone, like she should stay over. But she chose to head out anyway. Annie was about 40 years old and was an unwed mother. So she was a little bit of an outcast just because in 1859 that wasn't a thing that was very well accepted. So she decided to head home, but she never made it. Two days later, they found her body. She had been savagely beaten and murdered, according to ivywigmore.net. They did find who did it. Um, I think it was a former neighbor of hers that was charged with the murder. But since that's happened, and even to this day, a lot of people say that they hear a woman screaming and moaning in the woods. And I 
didn't see anything that said they would see a ghostly figure. I think it's mostly like the sounds of the screams and moaning that people have reported and that feeling of dread for being in the area. I guess sometimes stuff like that though as well might just be knowing that something dreadful did happen there that you would sort of feel that way when you're in that area. Right. But if you're actually hearing things though. I mean that's a whole different story and I guess we could get into the whole conversation about various animals that you're not used to hearing that sometimes make very terrifying sounds that you could mistake yeah. for something else. I think we may have talked about that already as well, but a fox makes a dreadful sound and it sounds like a woman screaming. Yeah, same for rabbits can make sounds that can like when you don't know and it's the middle of the night can be very creepy. Actually, on the Halloween episode, there was mention as well of, I think it was a bobcat cry that just sounds like someone being tortured. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what they're hearing. I'm sure some of those people are quite familiar with what those things sound like. But it's always kind of interesting to see what different people's experience are in those kinds of areas and how there's like a mass reporting of things going on it's often not just one individual but many people right i mean you got to look at it in all directions right to see what the possibilities are right so we're going to finish up tonight with our moment of kindness if you're on our facebook group you probably did see that we've got a new cat in our house his name is avery He's currently waiting for me to leave the room so he can eat his treat without me being present. But for Avery to get to us, we needed a little bit of help. Someone had to bring him over from his foster house. And I'm not going to say her name, but there's a lovely lady who volunteered herself. She helped us with the transportation of Avery so he could arrive safely in our home. And we're very happy to have him here. If you saw the pictures of him the first day, he was very scared, but he's doing a lot better. But I would like to thank the person who gave us a hand. It was very kind of her. She said yes that she was going to help us without question, without hesitation, expecting nothing in return. So that's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. So thanks to everyone who's been listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's a little bit different, but it's nice to change things up a bit. You can find us under Crime and Mystery Canada on Facebook and Instagram or reach out to us at crimeandmysterycanada at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe out there and have a good night. Good night. <laughs>